This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. Welcome to Bloody Friday, Bloody Sydney. Bloody good on you, Bloody. Guess who else is Bloody well here? It's Dilruk Jayasina. How the bloody hell are you? How the bloody hell are you, Bloody? <laughs> I'm, I've been better, mate. I've uh, come from a... Obviously, Jaunt and I uh, caught a bit of a bug in India. No surprise there. Yeah, what a place! Oh. To, what a place to get a bug to, <laughs> India. The easiest place to get a bug. Yeah, but this was not even the usual. I don't mind if it came from food. You know, it's no. worth the curry is worth it. No. But this was just um, some viral flu from yeah. the air. Yeah, that got in your pants somehow. <laughs> but I'm good Weird. now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what kind of viral flu. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. That's a vindaloo I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> All the burn, none yeah. of the fun. Dilruk's with me this afternoon. Stick around. Lots on the show. Joined this afternoon by Dilruk Jai Singh. Great to have you back, Dil. Good to be back, brother. Uh, good that you survived your overseas trip. You're touring all around uh, Asia and yep. India. Yep. And... yep. and for visa purposes, it was just for uh, a holiday. But uh... <laughs> 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 look, but... if there was a stand, if there was a stage with a microphone there, and someone said, "Hey, do you want to say a few words?" Yeah, I might have. Yeah, mm. yeah. I may have. Said but a bit. let's be honest, you've brought home a <laughs> shitload of rupiah. <laughs> And, and you've got a suitcase full of it, or ten dollars once yeah, you convert yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Once you've got to convert it, mate. Uh, something interesting today. I thought we'd just kick off the show. Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird, right? So get into work this afternoon, and uh, Liam has got a box of cocoa pops mm. on his desk. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. Did- let's be clear. I haven't gone out and. and- you know, this isn't just my what I snack on during the day. Right. They were sent into the show. Yes, okay. Um, there's a there's a collaboration going on between Kellogg's Cocoa Pops and Donut Time, the shops, and they've created a new Cocoa Pop inspired donut called Wake Me okay, Up Before so, You Cocoa. So there wasn't enough brown in donuts already, or what? Or I don't <laughs> Look, know. What is it? I, I personally, the way I have Cocoa Pops cocoa is with uh, chocolate milk put into what? there, no, and then sprinkled with Milo. Oh, Mate, it Are is. You- it's on my it's on my cheat day, which is every third day. <laughs> but that's a breakfast of cheat. Oh, look, I haven't done it in a while, but that that is still that is amazing. Uh, it's I, brew- I, I mean, it's I, overkill, I, but I, no, I do this thing just to shock people, right? Yeah. My friends is sometimes, uh, and if I'm a bit seedy, it's quite funny. My wife hates it when I do this. Have like breakfast out with friends, and then when the bacon comes, I'll get salt and put salt on the oh, bacon. Oh no! Yeah. See, I can't yeah. do that. So, so people go, "What are you doing?" Look at Dill up on his food high horse. I don't know, no. but like, you come on, salt on bacon. <laughs> so You've got three levels of yeah. chocolate yeah. there. So, so that's when you said the donut is not enough brown for me. I feel like that's, yeah. the, that's the right amount. Well, I'm going to isolate that quote and put it in a promo. Yeah. Not enough brown for me. Um, so. Have you ever, here's a question for you, because mm. this is what we're going to get around, right? Have mm. you ever eaten that to the point, because that could make you sick, eating Cocoa Pops with, with Milo and chocolate milk in it? That That's will... what, yeah. No, that did make me feel, what I've, 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 I've given myself a few food challenges in the past. Uh, I tried uh, 10 uh, instant noodle packets. Oh, 10? 10. I cooked them all. And the problem is I got through fairly quickly. Did you have to cook it for 20 minutes? It's <laughs> a very, very good question. Good. No, no. But what happens is you don't realize is the water just keeps getting absorbed into the noodles. So the longer you take, the bigger, the more it expands. Yeah. So I struggle with that. I tried to do a Macca's challenge. I remember, but the biggest one I did was there's a um, there's a German restaurant in uh, in Melbourne where they have a food challenge, which is a 1.5 kilograms of 
pork schnitzel, mm. oh, uh, like wow. about you know 500 grams of chips and a yep. stein of beer, yes. which is about a liter oh, and a bit. Yes. I guess. Now the thing is, I I reckon I could have given. I was in my head. I was like, I'm gonna get a fair crack, but you have to do it in 40 minutes. So I was like, well, this is pointless. I'm not gonna get it all down, but I 40 tried. 40 minutes. 40. 40 minutes is a lot of time to get it's it. It's a lot of schnitzel. No, it's a lot. But it's man, a lot of schnitzel. Dude, I'll do that challenge. I'll take that challenge. Are you serious? Yeah. What you, okay, what you don't, the first thing you don't realize is your mouth, uh, for me, within 20 minutes just started peeling because of all the salt oh. from the schnitzel. Oh, that's what they do. That's yeah. what they do at Cheeky so you, Buggers. It's, it's tasty by itself, but if you try to do 1.5 kilos of it, yeah. and, it and, you, and your jaws actually start to hurt because it's a thick piece of meat. Stop chewing. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I kept pushing it because my friends were chatting. Challenging me, and that's the one that I couldn't keep in. Uh, I, you, you, did that come up? That came up. Cause that I, came up. Because I um I had an incident when I was a kid uh, as a boy. I went to go and uh, I was in Broken Hill. We we're just talking about Broken Hill off air, and I was uh, staying with my uh, grandfather in Broken Hill, and he got me a box of cocoa pops, and I loved them. And there was right. no uh, my parents weren't around, right? So no, right, I was right. just staying with my grandfather, and he got me a box of cocoa pops. And I just went, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to eat them all. <laughs> I mean, why would I just have one bowl? It's like a chocolate milkshake. No, you're on your own now. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's martial law. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, I just got uh, one bowl going. I had a massive bowl of it. And I went, you know what? I can have two. Yeah. Mum's mm. not here. Had yeah. a second bowl. I went, you know what? <laughs> Go for it, the Lawsy. Have a try. Have three. And just felt so good for about mm. three minutes. And then just... <laughs> wow! I imagine Ow. the massive brown yawn, the little bit of undigested <laughs> pops as yawn. well. Well, I can tell you, Mez, that um, one serving there's there's twelve servings in a box of cocoa pops. Yeah. Right. One serving is meant to provide you with six uh, percent of your uh, necessarily necessary daily energy. So, how many servings did you have? I had three massive. I had I had just under a box. I had okay. just pretty much an entire box. <laughs> so okay. you would have so had, I've had a few servings. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You basically had all the energy you should have needed for the day. Well, I needed in a all box the energy to vomit that hard, you idiot. Yeah. That's what I had to do. Yes, I mean, I'm the idiot like in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the other one I've done. Dill, right? Similar, another another milk related one, right? Yep. Where I've enjoyed something so much, it's made me sick. Uh, many, many years ago, I was, um, out of high school, I was about 19 and I was doing some radio at a, at a, a community radio station mm. where I first went on air with Peter Hellier. Oh yeah. Old right? mate from yeah, Cram. Yeah. I was like 19 <laughs> years of age. Right. And Pete and I were mates anyway, we were doing a little Neither bit of Neither of you were in comedy at the time. No, anyway. yeah, no, no. Right, no. Right. We did radio together before we ever That's did comedy. Awesome. And uh, anyway, the night before I had to go and do, uh, some community radio, I got <laughs> munted. Like just like you do when Old you're school. 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you do when you're 19. The passion pop goon yeah. bag kind of yeah. munted. It's good. Yeah, you know what? I don't drink enough Sambuca. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink enough of that with orange juice, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I got McHammered and then the next day I was really seedy and I had to go to the radio station and I went, I'm so thirsty. And I thought, I'll just have a couple of litres of water and I'll be fine. And then as I was going to get the water, I saw the uh, Nesquik banana. Tin. Oh, no, I've not heard of the banana Nesquik one. quick right. banana. I know Nesquik, yeah, yeah. but no, I didn't know yeah. banana. Yeah, they do banana. I love banana flavor. Right and I went, you know what? Instead of drinking water, yeah, I'll just have a banana milkshake. I've done this. I know. The curdling. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> two liters. I've slammed back two liters because I'm liters. the thirstiest man in the world, right? Oh, my and God. And I've had two liters of it with all of the Nesquik, almost like an entire jar of Nesquik. 
and I've gone to the radio station. I've gone, I feel pretty good. Yeah. And then I went, <laughs> I feel very <laughs> ill. Yeah. And I was literally about to go on air and I said, excuse me a second. <laughs> Are you on air? I just, no, oh. I made I just made it to the bathrooms, but I vomited. And by this stage, it had curdled yeah. and turned into banana cheese. Oh. Oh. Was just, it was just the... And it was out of my oh, nose. It was banana cheese everywhere. You could have got the recording and used it for the secret sound that day. <laughs> <laughs> What's today's secret sound? I know, Merrick. Drunk? Yes, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to have another phone still. One triple three five three. What have you eaten so much of that it has actually made you mm. spew? When you've been ill as a result of enjoying something so much, I call it the Labrador effect. Why is that? Because Labradors will actually eat themselves to death. If you give oh, the, a Labrador, right, right. they don't know when to stop eating. Right. They love oh, something. Mate, I must be part Labrador. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> All this time. Yeah, I thought I was Sri Lankan. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate lab. <laughs> Chocolate lab. <laughs> One triple three five three. Give us a call. What did you eat so much of? You ended up being sick. Dilruk Jai Center with me this afternoon, and uh, Dil, we're, t- we're talking about when you've eaten something to the point where it's made you sick. Yeah. And what do you see in front of you? <laughs> a whole bunch of calls. A million phone calls. What does that say about Australians and probably the audience that listens to this show? Mm-hmm. Too many people have made them sick. So let's get to the story. Says they're brave, Merrick. They're really brave. So that just says they've just gone. Ugh. One more, one hurt. I, I also don't know what says about me that you waited for me to show up for this oh, topic. Yeah. We've been sitting on this. We've been sitting on this for four weeks, yeah. still. Yeah, <laughs> we've got Matt Preston on the show on Monday, but we're doing it yeah. today. Yeah, I made Liam go down and buy a box of cocoa pops as a stager. What I've never eaten for, them. What have you got for Preston? When has a cravat choked you? I <laughs> uh, got Paul on the Central Coast. G'day, Paul. Hey, you going, lads? Happy Good. Friday. Yeah, happy, happy Friday, Friday to you, mate. I was doing the, uh, the dreaded road trip at the back of the HQ. All the way from Gosford up to Mackay back in the oh, late seventies, early eighties. Massive tray of cherries in the back between me and my so-called cousins. And yeah, I proceeded to change the horn upholstery to bright pink. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, because cherries stain something chronic oh, too, don't they? Leave the noise and colour that came out of my mouth. With, <laughs> oh, I'm actually feeling sick thinking about it now. Ugh. Yeah, I was going to say, Paul, can you can you eat cherries now, or is that just a no, no go? Cannot touch them. Can't eat oh, them. Wow. Nothing. What about cherry ripe? No, God, no, stop! You got <laughs> <laughs> I've triggered him. What about the ba- what about the song Cherry Pie? Can you? <laughs> No, I was just joking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, nobody can nobody can swallow warrant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Aaron in Guymea. Good day, Aaron. Good day, Knackers. How are you, mate? Very good, <laughs> and thank you for calling me Knackers. Well done. No worries, mate. No worries. Uh, yeah, when I was about fifteen, me and a mate thought it'd be a good idea to uh, split a liter of uh, or a kilo of Milo in two liters of milk. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait! wait uh, two liters of milk between fifteen mates. Uh, no, no, two blokes. Two blokes, right. Half, yeah, two blokes, half right. A kilo, half a kilo of Milo each and a litre of milk. Mate, that's just breakfast for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's freaking mainlining. That's what that's that is. That's amazing. Half yeah, a kilo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't end well, man. Like, oh, I'm talking, I pooed out of my mouth. Oh, <laughs> it would too. This is exactly what you... <laughs> the old Milo grin. you gotta be, you got to be made of it. <laughs> You know that is two guys, one can. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, oh, unbelievable. Thanks, Nackers. All right, let's get to Alan in Penrith. Hello, Alan. G'day, boys. How are you? Very, Very good, good indeed, mate. All right, what have you eaten to the point where it's made you sick? Coming out of the local swimming pool when I was a kid in the 70s, a friend and I stole a box of cashews out the back of a delivery truck. Okay. Uh, you've seen that movie, uh, Groundhog Day, where uh, Bill Murray times himself to go in and just grab the money when everyone's yeah, not yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so bodacious. We went there and we just grabbed the box and walked away with it. Anyway, we took it back to his cubby house and <laughs> uh, it became a competition of how much we could eat. How much and, cashews? Uh, how many cashews we so could eat. So how many eat. were we how... talking, man? How much could you steal, though? Well, there was 24 in a box. Oh. Right. And how many 24 boxes packets. you got? 24 packets. 24, right, oh. And so uh, we were both violently ill, and just like the cherry guy, I can't look at cashews now. But really? I don't know if it's the smell or the taste or the guilt. See, that would absolutely devastate me, mm. Alan, if I could never look at cashews again, because yeah. I wouldn't be able to look downstairs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan's yeah, definitely right. feeling sick. <laughs> just how excited you always was making me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I made a pain uh, joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean uh, in oh, Campbelltown. Hello. Please don't let this be about peanuts, Sean. Thank you, guys. Very good, good indeed. All right, what can't you eat? Because you've, uh, you've, oh, you, maybe you can eat it. What have you made yourself sick from eating? Uh, I've had music on the old Gatorade saxophone. And um, got a little bit peckish. And the only thing worth eating was this massive can of, like, a catering size can. Of beetroot slices. Oh, oh I know where well, this is going. Yeah, it must have been a couple of kilos there, and I hooked in, and yeah, a couple of minutes later, I wasn't feeling too good. Got mm. myself to the bathroom, but it was like a murder scene. Oh my yeah, yeah, god! Spread everywhere. Mate, did you have you have you ever eaten so much so much beetroot that when you go and pee, your pee's red? Yes. Oh man, that happened yes. to me a couple of months ago, and I just looked down and thought, oh, I've broken it. I've broken the pee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've broken it, but it smells kind of sweet yeah. and reminds me of a barbecue. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> chuck it into a burger and call it an Aussie. You know, just... Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people, and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick, I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. So though he lives in Melbourne and hails from Sri Lanka, he's a Merrickville fave. You'll remember his name, his Dilro, Jaya Cena. <laughs> Incredible. 104.9 oh. Triple M.
Merrick, I can't thank you enough for doing it because I know you go into the recording mm-hmm. studio, mm-hmm. you slave away for hours, don't you? Yes, I do, and mm-hmm. I have to change and affect my voice so it sounds yeah. like somebody else because otherwise it would sound weird if it was me <laughs> yep. so obviously mm-hmm. singing it, and I go and do that. And also, too, the guys from um, Funky Cold Medina were so wrapped that I finally found something that could rhyme yeah. with Medina. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's, it's taken this long, but it's happened. It's there. It's finally um, there. You are known as Duruk Jason, but you're also known as the Sri Lankan love machine. <laughs> Every time you come in, Dil, I always quiz you because I live vicariously through yes. your life as a, as a married father of two beautiful children who happen to be outside the studios right now destroying Triple M. Are they? Yeah. Relatively well behaved. Look at Their mum's away at the moment. I'm in charge. They're just wrecking stuff. <laughs> uh, even as I'm talking, they're not even listening to me. There they are. Oh, let's not. Let's, you know, your your daughter is literally them. doing a flip upside yeah. down, let's about not, to crack her head. Let's not look at the children. <laughs> let's 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 do what I do at home. Ignore them mm. yeah. um, and move on. So let's talk about your well, love life. What's going on, Dylan? I think since I last spoke to you, boys. Uh, Any I'll... kids in the mix? <laughs> If there's any reason any why you should just it? stick to Tinder yeah. and not any serious relationship, it's right out there. Yeah. No, I uh, I did. Like I said, I went to Malaysia, uh, Philippines, and India. And I, you know what? I thought, hey, I wonder what Tinder's like overseas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I had a lot more matches than I have in Australia. Really? So, I I mean, I don't want to say Australia can be racist. But <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know. But, but, you know, I mean, I guess the point of difference uh, in uh, whatever, you know, uh, people are judging me on my, purely on my looks when I'm overseas because no one knows I do anything in terms of, uh, you know, on telly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's in a, what made me feel good for my... Because they're judging you mm, on a purely aesthetic, shallow aesthetic, reason. Right? So you but you're happy to be judged... On the most shallow of bases, mate. Because I grew up, I'm a, I'm a big dude. You know what I mean. I have a lot of self conscious issues about being fat. So you it's nice to well, know that on. I, I do really well in Philippines. But then here's what happened. You go in. I was about to say you're not that self conscious because when you arrived today, you walked up to the studio window, <laughs> yes. lifted your shirt up, <laughs> yes. and did an old school belly press. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not that self conscious about you. Hey, don't forget the titties. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> but I did. Well, I uh, that I were did... two wagon wheels. <laughs> Like a couple of wagon wheels <laughs> with some cherry st- Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. looked like a Cocoa Pops with, <laughs> with donuts <laughs> on it. Um, I did in Philippines. I was going really well. And then I started chatting to uh, the girls. And a lot of them quickly asked me if I wanted a massage. Oh, That's oh. when I realized, oh, maybe it's not my looks. Mm. Maybe it's the fact that I look for it and probably have cash to spend. Yes. <laughs> How good are the massages? Though? Are they good? He's laughed for too long. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it away, didn't he? <laughs> tried to laugh his way into an exit. Didn't he? He's still trying to do it. It's Five more going, seconds to get laughing. Oh, I just saw the song start. It was very relaxing. <laughs> Joined this afternoon by one of television's most popular people at the moment, uh, Daryl Jayasinha, who's on about 14 different television programs, mm. even as we speak. <laughs> Great to have you here, Dil. Good to be here, brother. Um, there's been an incident, a kangaroo and a quote in a bad mood Mm. has left a man in hospital on the South coast. He was 80 years of age and he was attacked by a kangaroo that he was feeding. It thought it was his friend. A kangaroo has attacked an elderly man on the South coast, leaving him with serious leg injuries. The 80 year old victim had been feeding the ruse every morning, including we're told with jam and cream on toast. But today a large male Eastern gray lashed out. 
Experts say kangaroos are wild animals and should be left to feed themselves. Uh, sorry, jam and cream scones. Are you are you trying to feed it or seduce yeah. it? <laughs> There's a little blue pill crushed up into one yeah. of those jam and cream. Shh. That's it, Skippy. Yeah. Have What's a that, Skip? Again. You want to have a line? <laughs> No, but but it is interesting though. It was quite an uh, elaborate piece of you know, like food to give, isn't yeah. it? It takes mm. a bit of effort. Yeah, I do feel a little bit sorry for the old man. You know what I mean? You, oh, you yeah. think you're doing something really sweet, and you know, as you said, he thought he was his friend. Yeah, and then he's just going, nah, stuff you. Nah, you got to be careful of roos. They're not to be trusted. That's why I eat them because yeah, because they're delicious, and I don't trust them. Well, I don't eat horses for the same reason, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust them. So. Uh, do this thing, Dil, quite commonly on the show, which I absolutely love, which is a little game Liam's prepared for me. You might know. When animals attack. Oh. This is essentially a quiz for us. Okay. And it puts you in the circumstance, you're being attacked by an animal. Mm. How do you escape the attack? Interesting. Yeah? I know yeah. only one, uh, like, which is the shark. Everyone knows what happens with the shark. Right? It might be a question. Maybe I won't yeah, No, you, you, shark is not on the list today. Punch a shark, right? You yeah, punch, punch a shark on the nose. nose. Yep. Yeah, yeah, all right. The McFanning procedure. Mm. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, now, uh, uh, we've got, just very quickly, <laughs> what's the most dangerous animal in Sri Lanka? Uh, probably an Indian. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, shout I out. just can't tell you how I was not expecting that. <laughs> like, oh, the shout out to my grandparents that. who are Indian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, any of I know, I know. I suddenly just realized what I said. Oh, well, that it was racist. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, all right Dil, you can go first here because um, Mez has Mez's, done this Mez's one before. This before. Mez has played this before, okay. but you can go first. How would you mm. survive or how should you survive an attack from a kangaroo? Oh, uh, I've seen that footage of the guy just go punch the kangaroo in the face. Oh, the bogan. Mm. Yeah, you saw mm. that where he was protecting mm. the dog. If a kangaroo is attacking you, uh, I reckon um, duck and, you know, jab. Box it. Yeah, box it. Yeah, they okay. don't encourage you to box it. Oh, they suggest you drop to the ground, curl into a ball with your hands protecting your face and your throat. I would have done that anyway. But <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> that's, that's what um, P- Protecting mate... your throat and what? Protect your, your face and your throat. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah so you yeah, go gotcha. into a ball and yeah. then eventually they'll See, leave you alone. No, you're wrong. Yeah. What you actually do is you turn and you run because the thing about kangaroos, the only way they can hurt you because they've got tiny little arms, it's not mm. their arms, where they are real dangerous, when they kick you, they can break your sternum if they right. kick you in the chest. That's how they've okay. killed people in the past, right? They can't kick and run. At the same time, because their legs are counterbalanced, they're different to uh, the like emu and kangaroos both have legs that go kind of back to front, right. as it were, right? right? Right, right, Meaning they have to go back on their tail to take a good kick, mm. and they can't lean back on their tail if, if they're, they're running forward. Gotcha. It's not That's right. <laughs> it's not right. I know you're insistent on this, but these animals are capable of running up to 70 kilometers an hour. Yeah, but they can't, you do they not... can't run and then kick you. What they do you can't reckon, run and What do you reckon is going to happen when they catch after you? They, they, yeah, they're if you stop, you. if you stop, go and hide behind a tree, mate. Right. That's what you do. Regardless, do, do you know what? Do you know why box them is wrong? Why, do you know why emus and kangaroos they can't uh, go backwards. Yeah, that's that right. Thing? Yeah, that's, that's why right. they're on our quarter so arms. So it's the same thing with an emu. Yeah, yeah. So if you, you moonwalk out of there, you'll just freak it out. Going, if you How's it doing that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mary, that here you go. Moonwalk. <laughs> How do you survive? Yeah. And this was your suggestion I'm gonna today. This. I'm going to kill it. How do you survive an attack from an eagle? Oh, I suggested that when I was being absurd. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, I said, what if an what? eagle attacks you? How do you survive an attack mm. from an eagle? Do they attack humans regularly? They're, they can. They can. We've got wicked talons. They mm. get in your skull. Yeah, yeah. Like with another animal, they actually. Are we talking like eagles, like Ben Cousins uh, type <laughs> eagle? Because I can imagine. Because <laughs> I can see when that can yeah. attack. Ben yeah. Cousins attacks, you just go, uh, all right, Ben, I'll go. And he'll just go, talking my language. How do you survive an attack from an eagle? Quit your job at a SADA and he'll leave <laughs> you alone. <laughs> okay, from the, the bird. Uh, I would say that you cover your head and duck to the ground. Well done. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if right. available, you pick something up, like a branch or something, to cover your head and then run for cover. Yeah, That's right. it, because they will go for the highest point. Or roundhouse kick it to the face. Yeah, you could try that. All right, uh, Duwok. Yes, sir. How do you survive an attack from a ram? Oh, from a ram. Like so a they're... male sheep. Yeah, yeah. So they've got the, the, the what are they called? The, um, the big horns. The, the big horns. Yeah. And they just, they ram into you, literally. Um, Have you ever been rammed by a ram? <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Oh, it's very, very uncomfortable. Well, guess, guess where they, what height they're at. Nuts. Yeah. Mm. Right, right, yeah. right on the yeah. cashews. Yeah, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've failed this one already, so go. Yeah, okay. Have, uh, yeah. So you, um, I don't know, I maybe just... Turn your voice and give a bit of a seductive bah. <laughs> <laughs> Seduce it. <laughs> Seduce the ram. Just so that it stops ramming you. Going, hey, uh, maybe oh, there's a chance God. for a well, date. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, nobody uh, wants to be rammed. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in the Philippines. Yeah, it's a Friday. <laughs> uh, no, what they suggest is if um, a ram back, backs up as though it's about to oh, um, yeah, charge yeah. you, yep. you should walk towards it. Because oh. it would normally expect the other ram to back, back away as well, right. so you'll confuse it. Uh, oh. Then you sort of handle it in a similar way. You defend yourself against bulls. In the at the last moment, you jump out of the way, if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they actually advise you to wrestle it to the ground. <laughs> Who is they? When you keep saying they, I feel like it's a bunch of people the just internet. taking the mic. The oh, internet. Okay, right, right. Okay, so okay. can't yeah. be wrong. Yeah. Can't exactly. be wrong. Never wrong. All, All right, right uh, Derek, you died twice in this game. Is just still alive. <laughs> Merrick. Okay. How do you survive an attack from a cheetah? Oh, wow. Mm. Ru- not running. You can't run. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's definitely not running from yeah. a cheetah. Yeah. Now, the tricky bug is I think they can get up trees as well. So yeah, you're can. in a bit of strife there. I think that you've got to, if a cheetah is going to attack you. Oh, can oh! I jump in? Yes, go. go, 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 go. Have you seen the movie um, um, uh, Gods Must Be Crazy? Yes. I believe there's a scene in the movie where the kid holds up like a plank or whatever to make itself seem taller. So the taller you are, the more intimidated the ah. cheater might be. I'm going to throw Dura a point there. Yeah, oh, Dura. I survived. Wow, that's Thanks to an 80s excellent. movie. Merritt, you're going to be pretty... so disappointed. No, 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 because I was going to say that you wear um, a mask of Donald Trump's son. <laughs> Because everything in the African bush is terrified of that. <laughs> no? I mean, what no. What's uh, the what's the exact? Mary, what's what what did you suggest you should have done to the eagle just before? Roundhouse kicked it. They recommend because cheetahs are incredibly fast but not incredibly strong. So they actually recommend you kick it in oh. the chest oh. as it comes at you. Oh, that is so good. And you didn't get it right. But it's a front kick, so I... Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. kick, mate. Get well, that's the kick. thing. I mean, it's hard to get it in the chest when you have to lie on your back and then just sort of push off, I guess. I don't oh, know. Do you guys think through what this am I too saying? much? It's right. Friday. This last one's going to be... I think I'm sorry. Go, excuse me a moment. I'm just going to lie down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This last one's going to be right. a team effort. Okay. okay. Merrick and Duruk, how do you survive an attack from a rooster? Okay, so we're in a farm... 
We're, we're just having a bit of a laugh. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we're at the Coogee Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> it's after the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a small white dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, the rooster, okay, so they definitely, they have the flapping thing and they come at your face, don't they? Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon, Mez? I feel like mm. um, I'm just going to stand. You, you, know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to stand behind Mez. And just right. yeah. a human shield. shield. Yeah, that's uh, my answer. Well, they do. They use their claws to scratch you. So uh, I'm going to say you front kick them out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, they actually recommend that you show the rooster because the rooster is trying to assert dominance. They you show them you, your rooster. You grab him. <laughs> you get out your, you get out your chicken him. neck. You get you, out your chicken neck. You, what? you cuddle him into submission. No, you cuddle him. You cuddle him no, into why? submission. You're like, come here, it's mate. Like come Dirk, it's going to be all right, like mate. It's going to be all right. Dirk on Tinder. So, <laughs> you cuddle him into submission. <laughs> oh, God. So, <laughs> Dirk does not cuddle people into submission, mate. Not into any submission at all. It's, not, well, it was it's my... Dirk Joycena, not Louis C.K. <laughs> It's nice to have uh, my final appearance on <laughs> Merrick's show go down yeah. like this. <laughs> Do it. Very quickly, before we let you go, mm. you're doing some gigs in Sydney at the moment yeah. for the Yak Festival. Correct. That's it. I'm doing my show, uh, The Art of the Dill, at uh, the Giant Dwarf tomorrow night, uh, Saturday uh, at 9.45 p.m. Uh, it's straight after Sam Simmons. There's a whole bunch of great shows that are on there. Go and so do the go double check header. It out. Do go and see Sam. Go and see Dill. Both fantastic comedians live. Don't Tickets at giantdwarf.com.au. Dynamite. Dill, good to see you, mate. Good to see you, boys. Thank you. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Gary Megan, and I do a little show on Podcast One called A Plate to Call Home, and it's about fascinating people all centred around food. This is a show for foodies, but it's more than that. It's a show about the people and the stories behind food. I think you know that I'm obsessed by food. Everything in my life revolves around it, and I love nothing better than to spend a little time talking about people that are equally as passionate, sharing their stories, and getting to know what makes them tick. It's called A Plate to Call Home, and it's available on the Podcast One app or on podcastone.com.au. I wanted to start this hour a little bit differently. On one triple three five three, there's been a survey that's come out that says that death of a pet is more painful than divorce. Mm. Now, I've had pets and I've seen them die. I haven't been divorced, but I will tell you this right now. When a pet dies, it doesn't take half your shit. <laughs> it you don't you don't have to sell your house. Yeah. When your cat dies. Yeah, when a pet You know what happens when the cat dies? You get another cat. When the when the cat dies, it doesn't force you to the kids to decide who they want to live with. You, when the cat dies, you don't have a conversation about who do you love most. That that is not what happens. But you I do get that, to see other cats. True. <laughs> True. There's an upside. One triple three five three. Death of a pet more painful than divorce. If you're divorced, if you've had a pet die, and you can tell me whether or not it is actually more painful or not, give me a call. If you've experienced both. That's what I'm saying. You've oh. got to you've got to experience the death of a pet and you've got to be divorced and you've got to tell me <laughs> which is more painful. Because I'm saying it's divorce. <laughs> Taking your calls on one triple three five three, I want to know what's more painful, 
<laughs> the death of a pet or a divorce. Uh, there was a survey that came out and it ranked people losing a pet to be more painful than divorce, more painful than a breakup, being fired, or not seeing one's children for a long time. Now, look, we all love our pets. We do. Yeah. I've had a couple die. Mm. I've had a few of them die. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I'd rather them die than me get divorced. The only because the cat, the cat is not going to make me sell my car. The, the, the cat is not going to make me sell my motorbikes. Yeah. If this was what's more painful, a divorce or crashing your car, then, Mez, you could understand. Oh, ridiculous. The only scenario I could I see this it. being believable is for a blind person. Why? What if their pet died? Why? How much they've had to drink? <laughs> if you if you if you drunk doesn't make it any less painful, or maybe it does. I don't know. So we need to know from somebody who's divorced and somebody who's lost pets. We've got Nancy and Beecroft. Hi, Nance. Hi, guys. Great to have you on the show, Nance. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I've been to both. Yes. Um, when I got divorced, my dog Jimmy was my my rock. He. He was with me through my divorce, which, you know, it wasn't pleasant, but mm. I got it. And about a year and a half later, Jimmy died. Well, I was devastated. Um, had to get therapy. And when, when he passed, I got him cremated. I still keep his ashes. I still keep his collar. From my ex-husband, I keep nothing. Oh, no wow. reminders, nothing. But wow. when he... When, when my boy, when my Jimmy went, that was like, you know, the world had okay. pretty much crumbled. Yeah. Nance, first of all, what type of dog was it? <laughs> he was a British bulldog. Oh, great dog. Beautiful. And he's Jimmy and he was only six and I was mm. absolutely, oh. and my friends kind of, they weren't really sympathetic. I don't know, maybe they're not really dog lovers, but I would definitely hands down say my dog dying was far more traumatising oh. than my divorce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon, Nance, that maybe the, the, the dog dying, its its death was even worse because you weren't married, you didn't have somebody to fall back on and because he'd become, you know, your, your pillar that maybe he, you took it worse than if he died when you were still married? Um, I suppose, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. He was my pillar. Yeah. I have to say that. Nance, yeah. very, very quickly, I just want you for a moment, if you can imagine you've come home <laughs> after a long day at work, right? Yeah. You open the door. Jimmy's, yep. Jimmy's there with his big round face. Oh, stop it. And he's just licking his lips. He's so excited to see his little tail, which oh. is only tiny. It's wagging. You know, they got I know. It's one of those little donut tails. Yeah. Little donut tail. He's so happy to see you. What are you doing? I know. See, can I tell you what? I never got that greeting from my ex-husband. No. Never got that type of excitement. Hi, hey, no. hey. The dogs love you. The dog loved me more than he did. And his little face How could there. I... Mate, what are you... <laughs> Why are you trying to make Nancy relive this? And he, he does that thing where he licks, yeah, he, I know. He licks his mouth and then, and then he just gives you that sad face. You know how bulldogs can give you that real sad face? Like, don't ever leave me, Nance. Oh. Don't ever leave me, Nance. I don't want to You're ever be on my own. You're making me cry. What are you doing, Merrick? <laughs> You're making me cry. I'm deliberately doing that now, so I'm not going to lie. It's... I'm not. That's, that's no. awful. No, no I, was but... trying to, I was trying to take you back to a nice place, Nance. It's a well, nice place. It was nice when he was alive. It just wasn't nice after he went. Nance, I've made you cry. No. I was only joking. I didn't think you no. were going to break. Oh, Nance, I'm I feel okay. terrible. No, I know. Maybe, I we've, maybe we've got a bulldog in the prize cover. We can get oh, it. Oh, don't make fun of it, Liam.
We're having a very sensitive moment, me and Nance. I'm, I apologise, Nancy. That was awful by Liam there. Won't do that. Oh, now we've got to wrap it up with a song. Got more. Okay, we're going. Send Nance a bunch of flowers, Liam. You're listening to Merrickville here on Triple M and with the Socceroos due to kick off in the first leg of their World Cup playoff against Honduras tomorrow morning, the timing could not be better for the release of a brand new six-part sporting documentary podcast, The Moment, created by this man, Mark Howard. Howie, welcome to Merrickville, champ. Hey, Mez, thanks for having me on. Fingers crossed for tomorrow. I'm starting to get a bit edgy about Honduras. Yeah, well, there's a few people getting a bit edgy about being in Honduras, and I reckon that would be the Socceroos. Yeah, um, there's been a bit of negativity. I've got to say, uh, I've been on a few surf trips to that part of the world, not Honduras, but those areas, and I've been through Honduras. It's okay, brother. It's okay. They're nice, friendly people. They love their Mm. team. They Mm. obviously want to win, but they're okay, the Hondurans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, they also love cartels and cocaine, but I mean, sure, whatever. (laughs) Mate, uh, you've already created the hugely successful podcast, The Howie Games, uh, where you sit down and you do interviews with some of the biggest names in sport. What's the moment about? Yeah, the moment was a spin-off from the Howie Games, as you kindly mentioned at the start. It's a sporting documentary series. I I always have loved the 30 by 30 documentaries by ESPN, and I think most sports Mm. fans have. These are basically audio versions of that, where we try and take you behind the scenes in some pretty emotional stories in Australian sport, the first one being the Socceroos. So I got into the first episode thinking, well, I'll speak to Bresciano and Aloisi and Vidmar and some other guys, Adam Peacock from Fox Sports, and tell the story of that night when Australia qualified with Aloisi penalty. But the more you go into it, the more history you realise there'd been so much failure and stuff-ups and disaster to that point, Mez. So I actually ended up starting in 1965 when we first tried to qualify and the amount of times we got it wrong between 65 mm. and uh, when Aloisi scored that penalty is quite extraordinary. So it was a history lesson for me as well. Mate, talk about uh, moments. I was at the game many, many years ago where the Socceroos are playing Iran for the World Cup qualifier at the MCG when that peanut, I think yep. his name's Peter Hall, Took to, yep. the, took to the ground and jumped on the nets. Now, we were two up at that stage, and we were feeling pretty confident. And there was a, a moment we literally all turned around to each other and we went, oh, this is bad. This is a bad <laughs> This is a bad thing. And I remember some of my friends saying, no, 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 don't worry. It's fine. We're two up. And, of course, we drew level 2-2, two, two, and we were cut out of the World Cup. Yeah, and we discussed that. And it's funny, in the commentary, and SBS were very kind to let me use some audio for the documentary, uh, the late, great Johnny Warren, as Peter Hawes mm. taken off the ground, he said, you know what, this is good. This gives our boys, 2-0 up, a chance to reflect, position themselves and push on. And as you say, it was a disaster. And Aloisi talks about the fact he was sitting on the bench thinking, right, we're off to the World Cup. And the boys described the mood in the rooms after the game where they'd thrown away the opportunity. For me, it's the worst sporting event I've ever been to. Um, oh. And you were there, mate. You, yeah. you're walking out of the MCG that night, 85,000 people were just going, how has that happened? So that, that's a great part of the Socceroos' tale, that with just so many times in that final hurdle, the Socceroos had fallen. Mate, have you got a personal sporting moment yourself? In the stories we've done, the, the favourite sporting moment I've ever seen, and it's uh, one that I haven't worked on, was Aloisi in 2005. We went up with some mates, we bought tickets, we thought, right, we'll go and watch the the soccer, not being enormous soccer fans. And, Mez, I don't know if you were there that night. I, I was literally hugging people, blokes, <laughs> big, fat, hairy blokes. I, I didn't know at the end of it. I sort of, that's, that's what inspired me to get into it. And, and the soccer story was the first one. Yeah. Um, there's some episodes coming up. One features um, Jared Lyle, a, a, a young golfer who's overcome leukemia a couple of times. 
There's a story with Jason McCartney, the AFL footballer who was badly injured along so many, alongside so many Australians in the Bali bombings and a few other stories. So we're really trying to tell the emotional stories behind what you don't see when you turn on a game of sport. Yeah, and that's what it's about. It's all those the, the moments. I just another one came to mind. How we, at the uh, the 2000 Olympic Games, I was fortunate enough to get tickets to the uh, the soccer finals between Cameroon and Spain, and there was a hundred thousand people there, and I reckon about. 80,000 people were going for Cameroon and I reckon about 70,000 of those people thought they were barracking for Cameron. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you're right. Was that, was that the great Roger Miller? Was he the Cameroonian star at that yes, stage? He yes, might have been. yes. And it was, it was just one of those moments where Australians just went, well, we're, no, we're nowhere near this. Cameroon v Spain. We don't even know where Cameroon is. It sounds a bit like Cameron. I know a guy called Cameron. Let's go for them. <laughs> Oh, and that's it. You tell me how many Australians knew about Honduras a week ago, except for people that go uh, on surf trips to Central America or want to go diving over there. I've got a, I've had a lot of feedback in the last day about the podcast, and the most I'm getting back, which fills me with joy, is a lot of people have said they've got goosebumps listening to the first episode. And, Mez, that's why we love sport, yep. because we go to these events and we get drawn into the emotion of it and the excitement of it. So yep. to be able to tell these stories... And, mate, to, to go up to Brisbane and send, spend three hours talking to John Aloisi about the fact he, he went overseas as a 15-year-old and how difficult it was, and then, and then to be talking to him about that moment that changed sport in this country, it's, um, yeah, it's a treat to be able to get to do these things. Well, listen, mate, the moment is now live and available through the Podcast One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Howie, great to speak to you again, mate. I look forward to hearing the first ep. Yeah, good on you, Mez. Just Google the Howie Games or the moment. Google my name, whatever, and it'll come up somewhere. Jump on and uh, enjoy it. And good luck to the Socceroos uh, tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Of course, tomorrow is the 11th of the 11th Remembrance Day when we all take a moment to reflect on the sacrifice of our Australian servicemen and women over more than 100 years protecting our country. And all that's a solemn moment. There is so many stories. There's so many different avenues of conversation about our armed servicemen and women. And each year you'll probably hear me speak to people from special forces or from the army, from the Navy, from wherever. And recently I had a chat to a guy called Rob Langdon with a very different story. He served in the Australian army for 15 years, but before he became a security contractor working in Iraq and Afghanistan until he was sentenced to a prison in Afghanistan, the toughest prison on the world, Paul Shukri prison in Afghanistan. An incredible story. And this is the man himself. Mate, you've uh, written this book, The Seventh Circle. Yeah. About your time in an Afghan prison and your time serving there in Afghanistan. What are you doing now? Uh, How? Because I know that a lot of a lot of uh, returned servicemen, after doing time in Afghanistan or overseas anywhere, yeah, have an adjustment period, and it can be a difficult readjustment to civilian life. But I'm sure it's more complicated if you've done seven years of that in prison. What do you do? How do you readjust? Um, well, as I said in the book, I went to Thailand and got beaten up for a month. That sort of helped. Um, but I, I should just clarify, <laughs> that was by a hooker. So that no, was, no, no, no. Okay, toy, no, sorry. It was a good toy. It was a it's, you know, whole ladyboy thing. It's great. Um, no, yeah, well, I mean, you only got to look at the amount of suicides that are happening now, mm. uh, return servicemen across the board. And, I mean, it's interesting because you, even guys who have done a few trips, you still go through that. You know, you come back and, and your wife leaves you because you're not talking to her and you sit in a dark room by yourself and... But when you're still in the military, you got your mates, and they are all all around you. And they go, "Yep, no worries, dude. You know, just chill. Uh, we'll take a bit of time off, 
and we'll, we'll get you right. But they're always there. Now, if you leave the army holus bolus, you don't have that anymore. And the, the same things happen. And these blokes are like, you know what, stuff this, I've had enough. Bang. Done. Um, yeah, and, and it's happening too much. I mean, there's, there's one, of, one of the guys used to work for me in the army. He committed suicide uh, last year. And it was completely out of the blue. No one even saw it coming. You know, it's a really bad state of affairs. I don't think anybody listening would think that for a second that there is enough being done to help repatriate. Well, well here's, here's the thing. I mean, the current government sees fit to to spend millions of dollars on a on a vote for something that people just are going to just get it done for crying out loud. I mean, yep, seriously, yep. Yet these soldiers still top yep. themselves after they've gone away and done. Things that have been asked for them without question. Mate, you know? one of the great examples. I couldn't agree more. Yep. It just seems ridiculous yep. when you're spending money on something like that. That to you know, to most people just seems like a, a fait accompli. Mm. And then you've got blokes like you say who have done everything for their country, risked their lives, and then come back and take them. Yeah, no, it's not cool. Mate, your book, The Seventh Circle, is out now. Uh, it's a uh, very confronting but very honest story. And uh, I wish you all the best, and hopefully we'll see some uh, more literature from you. A good writer? Yeah. Might do a colouring in book next or something. <laughs> Draw on your own tattoos, mate. You're halfway there. <laughs> Rob Langdon, it's been a pleasure, mate. Good on you. No worries. Thanks a lot. And to everybody who's in service and everybody who's made sacrifice, lest we forget. Heading into the weekend, guys, I'm about to take off and go and have a couple of quiet ones. Not going to lie. Back again. Aren't I'm... you looking after your kids by yourself all weekend? Don't bring that up, Liam. Should, you, should you be having beers if you take Don't bring up the kids. I, I, yes, I am on my own. And I'm having I'm having two servings ginger of beer, ginger beer, which I love. It's a tremendous non-alcoholic beverage. Yeah, and then I'm going to do some awesome parenting. We'll probably do some paper mache. Yeah, we'll probably bake a cake. Yeah, and then go for a ride. Yeah, and then I'll have to have a lie down for a little while and have another ginger, ginger beer. beer. <laughs> Or more. Back again on Monday with Lawrence Mooney as we always finish the week with Battle of the Burbs. Well, it's been a big week in Sydney, and as usual, it's time to call a meeting at the Merrickville Council Chambers to vote on which suburb gave us the best call this week. It's Melbourne Cup Week, and every year around this time, Merrick reminds us that he doesn't trust horses. But as Scott on the Central Coast proved, Maybe Mez is right not to trust them. I'm a sparky by trade. I'm working working away on a set of stables, a fence just behind me. And uh, there was about five horses behind me. And one got a little bit close. He put his head over the fence and bit my shoulder. Oh! He wouldn't let go, so I smacked him with the pliers. Right. And I lost my pliers, I dropped them. Yeah. I had to grab a screwdriver and jam it in his nose. You had to put a <laughs> screwdriver <laughs> up a horse's nose to make yeah. it release you. Yep. Oh, I didn't get my screwdriver back. What with it? Took off with it. Hey, up its nose? Yeah, yeah, it was stuck in there. This week, the biggest bombshell was dropped by our producer, Maddie, who started by telling us his parents never told him any nursery rhymes, and then... They used to dress me up as a girl called Sarah when I'd go and collect pizza as well. <laughs> no, fair thinking. What did they make you wear? Uh, like this, well, I've got a photo. Um, Why haven't I not seen this? A white dress, and then when the pizza delivery guy would turn up, I'd have to pull $20 out of my top <laughs> and hand it to the pizza guy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Which means our winning suburb this week is Camaray, where Russell probably made Maddie feel a little bit better. 
I'm uh, last of four, two, three older sisters. When I was born, I was a bit crammy and uh, my head was the size of a tennis ball and the clothes they had for me were too big. So um, my eldest sister offered her doll's clothes to dress me up in to take me home. Oh, no. <laughs> Rossi, you're dressed as a Cabbage Patch kid. That's about it. The other thing... Um, when I was young, because the three girls were before me, Mum decided not to buy me undies, so... Uh, oh, <laughs> I wore thrilly undies from 1960 to 1968. No, Bye. Russell, no! That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.